This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Friday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. It's a classic bookender for the weekend. We got the recap from yesterday, the preview for tonight, and maybe an early look-see ahead to some weekend action. Sports bettors listen for the money. And yes, I said look, see, sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I am the pro. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have a huge game, too, coming up later on tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks and a brand new series out west. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? We're going to go with the Clippers win. And I'll give you a little tease is we're going to ask some pretty tough questions about Phoenix and the reality is, what do we know about their two best players right now? Because we saw some uncertainty, I think, yesterday. Yeah, and it was the L.A. Clippers in their first win in the history of the Western Conference Finals. They get it done. Game three last night at Staples Center. 106-92 the final. Phoenix with a 2-1 series lead. Okay, so let me ask you, I test. I've looked deeply at the stats, the box score, the advanced metrics. One thing that screams from those numbers is Chris Paul in the second half notably was very ineffective with the eye test. My guess could be, and I don't, you know, when I watch the games, I don't trust my eyes as much. So I like to lean on Jonas. How much of that was fatigue that you think, Hey, as the COVID gets more in the rear view mirror, likely will pass. How much was maybe something more problematic? Um, I, I don't know if, if it's fatigue. Um, you know, maybe some rust might have might have come into play there. But 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 they, would the rust be in the second half, more in the second half than the first? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I just from my vantage point, it seems like Phoenix does play slower with Chris Paul, and so I don't know if that had an effect on the game to where they've been playing this style for a couple of games now, and then Chris Paul gets there and the pace sort of slows down, and because he's trying to dictate the offense, it did feel like things really slowed down a lot. Whether that was fatigue or rust, especially in that second half, you know they tried to make a run, and then the Clippers hit a couple of threes, and it was just a wrap from there. But but yeah, it just seemed like they sort of fell apart late, and the Clippers, you know, built on that momentum, were hitting shots late, and they ended up taking the game late. So what you're saying is, and and I could see this being the case, it, I, I think it takes a step or two to think through, is what you're saying potentially is, okay, we know the Clippers this year, or check that, we know that, <laughs> we know Phoenix this year has played better with Chris Paul. He's been a key part of that team. But in the matchup versus the Clippers, perhaps, the quicker pace, uh, the the no Chris Paul of the first two games may be a better matchup than 
with Chris Paul. Uh, that's what you're saying is is a potential speculation. Yeah, yeah. It just they they look they look slower. They look um and, and you know it just it, there's a different pace to the game. And I just wonder if the pace they had in games one or game two, you know, were, were, is the most effective against this Clippers team. And and as you pointed out here, and we've talked about, you know, the difference between the Clippers and Suns in the regular season was not much. I mean, it's not like you know one team was you know one seed and had a five game advantage over the other. I mean these teams are pretty close and I think we're getting to see that play out in front of us so on the court with the starters the Phoenix Suns so let's look at their five starters uh Bridges was minus 14 so this is the plus minus when they were on the court in this game Bridges specifically was outscored by 14 points when he was on the court Crowder by 17 Aiton by 25 the leading scorer in the game 18 points Aiton but he had the worst plus minus outscored by 25 points when he was on the court. That worries me if I'm a Phoenix fan because Zubak seemed to have a new life. 32 minutes he played, uh, 16 rebounds. I mean, big rebounds. And uh, let me see points-wise here. He had 15 points. His plus minus was 28 plus 28. So it seems like... Uh, and we'll go back to the eye test. What was, I mean, Aiton was having obviously a good game on offense. What do you think caused them to struggle so much with him on the court? I, I'm not sure what caused him to struggle on the court. I do think that Zubac, who Zubac, who was at the center of that play, that alley oop play to end the game, he seemed like he was a little pissed off about things, and, and oh, okay. he seemed, he, he seemed like yeah, he seemed like he was ready to make a statement because that's that's as good as we've seen him play as far as dominance. And if you can get 15 and 16 from him uh, every single game, especially against DeAndre Ayton, who you know was really really effective in the previous two series, um, you, I, to me, if I'm a Clipper fan. That you've got to be ecstatic about that. I'm RJ Bell. That's Jonas Knox. We are straight out of Vegas, recapping the Phoenix Suns' loss in the game and against the spread for the game against the Clippers. It's now 2-1. Now, as we continue down the list of Suns, and we got only a couple more, but it is noteworthy. Booker was minus 15. Yeah. Chris Paul minus 15. But here's the thing about Chris Paul. He was uh, minus 25 in the second half. So if you break it down and say when Chris Paul was on the court in the second half, how did Phoenix do? Outscored by 25 points. That's about as bad as you see a player of his caliber do in any short stretch like that. But let's go back to Booker for a second. He had the mask on. I don't know what uh, – have you heard how uh, likely it is he'll have to keep wearing that? And do you I, feel like it's bothering him? I mean, I had heard that he had broken his nose in three places. It was a pretty significant break. I would assume he's going to keep wearing that. Um, it looked like it bothered him. It looked uncomfortable. And I don't know if there's – you know, remember Rip Hamilton You know, ended yep. up – he got so comfortable with the mask the first time he wore it that he just ended up wearing it the rest of his career, even after you know the, the, broke, the broken nose or broken orbital bone, whatever it was, healed – this did not look comfortable, and it seemed like he was having issues with it. And I don't know if they modify the mask or they get a different version of it, but he was not the same player at all. And the fact that you got Pat Beverly, who's just there to just be an annoyance <laughs> this entire series, this Booker looks he's looked more uncomfortable this series than we've seen in several games. And it's important to remember that the second game in Phoenix, so really – if everything goes according to plan, 
home team win, home team win, home team win. It's 2-1 just like it is. But you could make the case that 2-1 Phoenix ahead in the series is a little bit given uh, insufficient credit to how close, and I know that close doesn't count, but when you're looking ahead, we know it's 2-1. That's the easy part. It's 2-1 Phoenix. But has the games played 2-1? I'd make the case that the second game was a toss-up. So I, I think it could just as easily be Clippers up to one. And if you uh, go ahead, John. Well, no, I was, I, I agree with you. I hundred percent agree with you. And if you add in now two straight series coming back from O two, but more notably the uh, uh, lose adjustments have been by all accounts and I'm not in a position to judge oh he's going super small here and look at the way that they're dropping off on the switch uh-uh, that's not my style because I don't have that level of expertise and I think it's good to know what you don't know but amongst the people that know that stuff that I trust getting rave reviews in the prior two series now lo and behold in the third game it does it doesn't just feel like home court and I got to tell you, this is one of the look at the heavens and just be grateful. Can you imagine, Jonas, that we had the Suns and we somehow came out of that a winner yesterday? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to. I'm, I'm a, I, I rarely get sheepish when I win a game. But uh, I tell you, we were right on that handicap. Uh, the Suns weren't uh, starting flat. They certainly ended flat. But as uh, listeners recall, we had a full best bat which we don't do often, on Phoenix in the first half getting points. They ended up win- or uh, being in the lead in the first half. Second half, obviously, all Clippers were straight out of Vegas on FSR. I think there's three big warning signs for the Suns. Number one, lose adjustments. We're seeing it looks like the beginning of them. It looks like they're working. And if the last two series are any indication, that's advantage Clippers. Number two, Chris Paul. Uh, the Boston Celtics t- uh, Tatum talked about feeling short of breath and physically affected by his COVID um, illness the entire rest of the season. Yeah. Now we can say, oh, he put up 50. I don't know. I'm just going by what he said. And do we really know, Jonas? And we don't, but I'm saying there's a real material chance that Chris Paul won't be 100% for the you know rest of the, uh, this round seems reasonable. I'm not saying I'm predicting it. I'm saying it's a question mark that only can go to the negative, meaning kind of people thought Chris Paul comes back, he's going to be fine. I, and it could be a coincidence, but it's possible we'll see a compromised version of him for multiple games to go would you agree that's very possible yeah no and I think it's fair especially the Jason Tatum point where he brought that up you know later on in the season where he just felt like he was like he had never used for my understanding um you know uh, what they use for asthma inhaler yeah he'd never used an inhaler at any point in his life and he started using one after his his you know dealing with covid and so i think the next game is going to tell us a lot because i think that's going to tell us whether or not this is a rust issue with chris paul in game 3 or whether or not this has got a long term effect on him for, because we'll then have a two game sample size of what he looks like post covid 
I agree. That's Jonas Knox. We're straight out of Vegas recapping Clippers over the Suns 2-1 in the series. The third big question, Booker and how he handles the face mask, assuming he keeps wearing it. If he doesn't, he's still got the broken nose. And let's take a minute. I'm, you know, I would say I'm in the top uh, 20% of being critical of the athletes, but I can promise you, if I had three broken uh, fractures in my nose, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess <laughs> I could say I'd be out there, but I got to tell you something. I'm not sure. I mean, luckily, knock on wood, I've never had a broken nose, but supposedly it's hard to breathe, right? When you have that. I mean, so the idea that this is, this is some small thing. I mean, if you have a little tweaked ankle, at least a normal person is affected by three, you know, three broken spots on a nose and a mask over your face that you've never worn before. That seems like a factor. Yeah. No, it's like you see this in um, if like a fighter gets a broken nose in a fight, they'll tell you whatever you do, don't blow out of your nose. Because the immediate reaction is when your nose starts to fill up with blood, they, you know, you want to just get get it out and, and just, you know, blow your nose. But yeah, they'll, tell you, they'll tell you, don't do that because your eyes will swell shut because oh. you're compromised in your, in your nasal cavity up to your eyes. So you've seen fighters who have, you know, accidentally not thinking, blow their nose with a broken nose. And I mean, less than a minute later, one of their eyes completely oh. shuts. Like it, it's 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 a it's a bad situation, and I just I can't imagine, you know, not only just dealing with a broken nose and the breathing aspect of it, because now you've got to breathe through your mouth the entire time. That's compromised, I would think, the rest of the series. But then the mask, just you know, having to play with something that you've never played with before, like I he, I I would not be surprised if he came out with at least at the very least a different mask than what he had on because it looked uncomfortable during the game. So advantage in the series right now, Phoenix 2-1, but three advantages, at least question marks, that are anti-Phoenix. Ty Lue's adjustments that have been really good in the playoffs, the uh, Booker injury and mask that comes with it, and Chris Paul's illness and him seemingly by the eye test not near 100%, especially in that second half. When we come back... I have one more stat from this game that's not being discussed, but it's very important. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look back at Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, we got maybe the most important stat of the entire game. It tells us a lot about what's going to happen going forward. It's a great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of you, your support. Keep spreading the word, and we'll keep delivering the best show we can. You can listen in the weekends. It's a great time. Podcast. We have one every day. You can catch up if you missed anything. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas on your favorite pod player. 
right here in Vegas on the Strip, 101 degrees. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, we've been talking about Game 3 of the Western Conference Finals last night with the Clippers, a 106-92 win. Phoenix still has a 2-1 series lead, but there are some question marks about the Suns moving forward. No doubt. And the stat, though, looks at the Clippers and specifically a man named Playoff P. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to tell you something. If you look at the result, obviously Clippers, you think, oh, that's great. On, you know, Paul George's numbers look pretty good, his point. Now, if you go into his efficiency, it wasn't great. But, you know, in any given game, eh, if you win, the efficiency is no big deal. But here's the number. Paul George had 15 defensive rebounds. 15 defensive rebounds. That's the most he's ever had in any playoff game. This was his 105th playoff game. Yesterday, he had the most defensive rebounds. Now, to me, the defensive means something. Because if you're banging inside, trying to score, you're shooting, you miss, you get the rebound, you shoot, you miss, get the rebound, shoot, and score. You just got two. You know, to me, the offensive rebounds for a guy that has such high usage, I wouldn't have been as impressed. But... He's not getting a lot of sports center highlights for defensive rebounds. The fact that it's an effort issue. And, oh, by the way, the last time he's had 15 or more defensive rebounds, 2012 in any game. Wow. So it's been a, almost a decade. And we know, and Jones, tell me if you agree with this, that this is mostly a big chunk of its effort. The will, and it feels like he's playing from as deep as he can with as much as he's got, and whatever he has, that's all he can do. And to me, this far into it, because it's one thing when Kawhi's out and you come in and save the day, but now teams usually start to get fatigued from carrying the extra weight when a, a star's out. Paul George's effort level was there yesterday, and I think that bodes well for them and the Clippers moving forward. Do you see that connection? Yeah, 100%. I I actually, we can get lost in the missed free throws, and yeah, that was a bad look for Paul George, but he's been really, really good uh, the past several games. Since Kawhi has gone out, you know, the big question, and, and we posed the question just like everybody else posed the question Can you rely on Paul George to step up and take over that role with Kawhi Leonard gone? And he's completely exceeded expectations. And then I wasn't even aware of this, but I know from doing a a show locally here earlier today, we talked with somebody who's covering the, uh, the series. And Paul George's best games, his best numbers all year long against any team that they've played more than once has been the Phoenix Suns. So he's he's had great success against this team, and it feels like despite the missed free throws, he continues to find ways to impact the game, not just scoring. And there's another thing to think about with the Clippers and how we said in the prior segment, we said, well, you know, it's 2-1 Phoenix, but it could be 2-1 L.A. pretty easily because of Game 2. But now let's consider the following. Game 1 was almost a scheduled loss. Now, what do I mean by that? is when you win and advance to the conference finals as a team for the first time in franchise history, right? And then that 36 hours later, effectively, they had to go play on the road. I mean, I'm not saying that the game didn't count because it did, but boy, the NBA put them in a bad spot, especially with the emotion and the extra minutes without Kawhi, then to have to play again. And remember, 
Lou went deep, deep in the bench, had deep rotations in that first game. In the playoffs, you're not supposed to do that, right? But if you have such fatigued players. So on one hand, you could make the following case, that they lost in game one, but they had so much against them, the Clippers, that it was reasonable. In game two, they could have won on the road. And in game three, they won handedly. Uh, that 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 pitch, and then you add in, and Phoenix has... Now, you could say, well, Chris Paul wasn't in game two, and that's fair. But you can say now the three questions for the last time. Chris Paul's health, uncertain for sure. And obviously the broken nose on the leading scorer of the team, very meaningful for Phoenix. And Ty Lue's success with his later in the series adjustments. Mm, let's let's check last thing in on the series price. Now, did you see this one or you want to guess this one? Uh, okay, series price two one. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the Suns are a minus one seventy five. All right, Mackenzie, what do we got? Minus three ninety five for the Suns. Wow. Now let's think about that. Jonas is saying a best bet. Now let's think about it. So the take back is what on the Clippers? Plus three thirty for the Clippers. So you were thinking, Jonas, that it was less than two dollars coming back. You're getting yeah. three thirty coming back. I gotta be honest. I like it. I like the Clippers here. Yeah, there's a. I mean, you know, the Suns fans although might hold a grudge against you because you told them to bet them to win the division. Well, well, well hold on, Clippers, hold, hold, hold. If you have a thousand plus people at minimum, from what I can see. Bet a dollar to win twelve dollars, and it wasn't even close. We won so easy, we were laughing at the end. You're saying they're mad about that, Jonas. I don't well, think you you've know, ever met a better before. I, I, I think I think they might have adopted you into a, the nope. Suns fan base, but uh, now they're finding out the hard truth. They made a mistake. They yeah. made a mistake. <laughs> you know they say Danny Age, you know Trader Danny. Well, you yes. know, yeah. Now let me add, let's think about this because I may make an impromptu bet here. Now you were making a good point yesterday all right you said all right now what has phoenix done to get here one they beat a hobbled lakers team now listen it's great to beat the lakers it's great to beat lebron it's great to beat the defending champions but that wasn't who they beat you could make that case right they they beat a shell of that team lebron was maybe 80 percent and ad wasn't even there uh for you know after the what the third game and then in the next game with Phoenix, they beat a Denver team that just had a war against Portland and had the most dynamic player, or you know, how you want to character? Let's just say by far the best wing player they had injured, and uh, having a mental block. The guy doesn't play any defense and had to hurt back uh, for Denver. Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, Michael yeah. Porter Jr. It was whatever he was, he wasn't at his best. And so, and then the advantage Phoenix had in the first three games that we talked about, they haven't really played, you could make the case, uh, on an even playing field yet. Yeah. But that's what, and and even now without Kawhi, it's not going to be that. But boy, I kind of like that bet. And and also Cameron Payne, the backup for Chris Mm -hmm. Paul, who's been fantastic all playoffs long. He suffered the ankle injury in that game last night. I think just a few minutes into the game and never returned. And if, if that's the case, in, in a big-time matchup like this, they haven't announced whether or not he's going to be available for Game 4, but the fact that he missed all but four minutes of that game last night, to me, seems like that could be a problem moving forward as well, too. Plus, here's a guy that 
it would have been a shocker to say even a month ago that somehow he would be a big factor right. at all. Right. But he has played well. Yeah. He played well. So it's one thing to play well when Chris Paul's gone because you need that for sure. But now he's back. But if he's hot, if he's limited at all, that step up from him, uh, the backup, that that could have been a big difference. And it's not impossible. But when you're not that good to start with, you take 10% off that because of a tweaked ankle. And that's a problem. So I agree. That's a very great insight. Mackenzie, uh, we are straight out of Vegas talking with Mackenzie from pregame.com. What's your take on you like the you, you think there's value in the Clippers? Yeah, just listening to your guys' conversation convinced me much more than I was at the beginning of the show. So, so go. what's your number one case against it? I think that they got three guards, and they're all hurt. Booker, Payne, you just mentioned, and that Chris Paul. That sounds like a case had, for the bat. I'm saying what's yeah. the case against it? I, I, I don't have a strong one. I'm really, I'm really convinced by what you guys are talking about. Okay, so what is the game four line? Same as the game three line. The Suns are a one-point favorite right now. Okay, so Jonas, what we're saying here is the market. Now, let's be clear about this. The Suns have lost, uh, or the Clippers have lost a big advantage. Though it wasn't actually an advantage to them, the game three down 0-2, home crowd, first half, that advantage is no longer there. So you could say, what, no adjustment at all? But the, the, the fact that the line hasn't gotten worse for the Clippers, even though they won, says that they are making you know, a significant adjustment uh, in favor of the, uh, you know, upgrading the Clippers. But still, they're saying that this Phoenix team is three, three and a half points better than the Clippers. Uh, so what, if I said neutral court one game... That probably feels about right. So I guess the question is, what's the trend line here? I think, do you love game four? I mean, I I think the Suns are in a tough spot. I I mean, let's just call it what it is. Their best player is Devin Booker, clearly not 100%, clearly compromised because of of the issue he's got. Um, Chris Paul, um, we're not quite sure that's up in the air, whether or not he's going to suffer long-term effects from COVID or that was just a fatigue issue. But at the very least, you're going to have to rely on him more than you had to because his backup is now dealing with an ankle injury that cost him Mm -hmm. to miss all but four minutes of Game 3. I don't know how... You, you come away from game three with all of that added into the mix and say, yeah, no, I still feel confident and the Suns are going to get it done on the road. That's I, Jonas, I just don't see it. That's Jonas Stonks. I'm RJ Bill. We are straight out of Vegas. Okay, so let's think about this one more angle. If Kawhi was playing, uh, Kawhi playoffs, I'm going to say four and a half. What do you got, McKenzie? Four and a half points got- of, of value for Kawhi. I got six points when he went out. How how the Clippers have been playing? Nah, 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 I got to nah, downgrade nah, that nah, just because <laughs> how, how well yeah. they play. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, dust up around the uh, the uh, equipment, <laughs> please, real quick. Okay, now let's call it five. I'm going to give him a little nod, but six is the the best players of all time. Michael Jordan was worth six. Kawhi was not worth six, but um, let's call it five. All right, so this line would be under that theory, Clippers minus four instead of plus one in game four. That is about right to me. They were, I, I would say with Kawhi, they're a little bit better than Phoenix. So it's telling me that Kawhi's being priced properly being out. 
And that, you know what else that tells me? That the sun's being a, a point and a half or so, a little bit below a full-strength Clippers, is assuming that they are full-strength. So the fact that we have those, the Booker question, we have the Ty Lue factor later in the series, and we have the Chris Paul question, it seems like none of that is really being priced properly into here. So we're going to do it, Jonas. An impromptu <laughs> best bet. And these babies have been deadly good, deadly for the bookie. And so the reasonable number for us is plus 330, McKenzie? That's right. That's to win the series. Clippers, 100 wins you 330. You co-signing, Jonas? Uh, I'm afraid to say yes because so, I don't want yeah, to be you know, the actually, yeah. be, No, RJ, I hate it. I hate that, the pick. I would go the other way. You can contemplate all the reasons you hate it, <laughs> and then we're going to talk a little Jason Kidd. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. I tell you, Jonas, whatever you win potentially on this Clippers bat, <laughs> The word count bet with the various news guys, you're getting crushed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, dog. I mean, it's like an index bet. It's just going up like uh, like the price is right, baby. <laughs> they, they, look, they got to show off the vocabulary. No, I listen. Uh, they're, Finley's they're so one of the good. best in the business, yeah. They're so – I mean, I love the, the FSR. We still have them because uh, you know, I don't think there's any other sports network that does. And I, I find, especially when the news is breaking, I yeah. love it. I love it. I, I've Speak- done the job. I know how hard it is. I was terrible. Um, and, and every time I hear them do it, I go, oh, that, that's a reminder why I no longer do those anymore. Well, after you you had the hot wing that time right before yes. you went on. <laughs> so, Jason Kidd, what's your take? Um, I don't – I mean, Jason Kidd, the last time out, I think was at Milwaukee was his last head coaching stop. Um, it didn't seem to, to go very well. Um, there was questions about, you know, the handling of, of a star player. I just – I wonder if Dallas has put themselves – in a tough spot because it's clear that this early into his career, Luca's pulling the strings. That oh, that's, yeah. that, that's why Rick Carlisle's out. That's why. And I don't know that, that we've seen a player this early into his career have this much power, even LeBron. It didn't feel like early on he had as much power within the organization no as Luca does. And, yeah, there's talks that he didn't get along with Christoph Porzingis. Um, you know, obviously the, the Rick Carlisle stuff is there, and and I just don't know if they're if they're entering down a, a a pretty dangerous path when it comes to him. But here's the question: If they truly have that power to not acknowledge it, is more dangerous? And listen, this is we're moving on three years this fall for the show, and at the very beginning, probably the main theme I'd say that was kind of different was me saying, where does it end? If, if Zeke can go to Cabo and get this deal, where does it end? Yeah. And to me, what we now see is that it's not going to end for a while, meaning that you can have three years left on your deal. You can have what, what's going to happen. The guy just says no. Like a, like a kid, you say, clean up your room. Nah. Clean your room. No, no, yep. no. Like, what do you do? You either, I mean, because, again, the bounce them against the wall uh, option isn't there at this point. Uh, but, you know, 
uh, I'm not going to get in a child rearing because it's not my specialty, <laughs> but I'm saying I know I would have got bounced against the wall, but it was, yeah, you know, it's too. been a while. <laughs> but but the fact of the matter is, in the analogy here, is these players, there's really no comeuppance. And I think David Stern, I, I think the underrated part of this is Silver in for Stern and yep. Silver being so accommodating to the players. And Stern always was more about the league and the players respected that because the bigger the league got, the bigger they got. Here it feels like it's it's more millennial kind of driven with the emphasis on the the individual players getting what they want. And maybe it's going to work out. But, boy, it seems like if you're Mark Cuban, should you really have you – know, you know, he's on record saying I, – I mean, it was, you know, in a jovial way that if Luca wanted to spend a night with his wife – that that was uh, that was on the table. I mean, he yeah. was he was joking about it, but I mean, the fact you even your mind goes there, <laughs> that's not a good thing. If you're a billionaire, <laughs> it feels like you shouldn't have to be like you know offering up even in a joke your wife to a 22 year old. Yeah, no, that seems that seems a little bit bizarre. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be my go-to. But I, 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 w- I would say this, and and this is where you got to give credit to well, Pat you, Riley. You, you, let's take a quick break, if you don't yes. mind. I don't, I yeah. don't want to be late on this one. Yes. we'll take a quick break. We'll continue with the Mavs and and Jason Kidd and Luca and preview the next NBA game tonight. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of The Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And RJ, we've been talking a lot about the NBA, the game three between the Suns and the Clippers last night in the Western Conference Finals. And also the Dallas Mavericks reportedly set to hire Jason Kidd as their brand new head coach. And here's something to think about with Jason Kidd. And we'll have the game preview in a minute or two here for tonight's action is Jason Kidd is uh, confrontational. He's not the type to back down. He's the type, it seems, that everywhere he is at, there's kind of a love-hate, and then he kind of burns it down on the way out the door. And you know what? This may be a brilliant Mark Cuban move because maybe the billionaire is thinking, I'm not going to be the bad cop, but we need to get a real bad cop in here, a guy that's had a career better than Lucas. So Carlisle knew his stuff. And I'll tell you this about Carlisle. The fact he took that Pacers job, that tells me he got pushed out. Because the case could be made, and and most of the reporting went that way uh, initially, was, hey, 
it, it was a bad situation because Luca, you know, was kind of starting to tune him out, and Luca was showing him up. But he had so many other options, and there were so many big jobs opened up that he could find a job just as good, but start fresh. The fact he took the Pacers job, that is clearly a lesser job than having Luca. Wouldn't you agree? And that tells me oh, he yeah. was pushed out. Yeah, 100%. And and the fact that he was pretty quick to tell people, you know, I want to continue coaching. Like, And, and yeah. he, how long was he out of the job for? Less than two weeks? Yeah, but I would yeah. have thought, I mean, how much better is the Pelicans job? How, I mean, if you think of the jobs that are open, and let's be candid, there's a hell of a chance Milwaukee's going to be open. I mean, if he loses in the conference finals, is he does does the coach keep his job in Milwaukee? Um, I don't think so. No. Yeah. Or no. So, so that's interesting. But um, so my thought is, and tell me what you think, and then you can any closing thoughts you want on the Mavs. But it feels like to me there's a chance. Let's say it's a thirty percent chance Jason Kidd is going to connect. Because they got a similar personality to Luca, it's going to be a, a lot of alpha kind of chest bumping. But you know what? There's going to be a mutual respect and a bond. Or there's a seventy percent chance, by my odds, that it's going to end up blowing up in a year or two. But you know what? <laughs> Cuban can come swooping in and be the hero at that point, and Jason Kidd would be the sacrificial lamb. This feels like a good cop, bad cop move from Cuban. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think it makes sense when you put it that way because he probably looks at it and says, well, if he's not going to respect Rick Carlisle, at least respect a guy who's done it at a high level and a Hall of Fame level, who's won a championship here in Dallas, knows what this franchise, this organization, and winning here does to your to your reputation. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I just think... You know, to see how much power Luca has, it just makes me respect Pat Riley that much more. Because if you remember when the big three got together in Miami early on in that season, the reports are LeBron wanted Spolstra out and Pat Riley refused. He was and, not going to. And what happened? LeBron yeah. left as soon as he could. Yeah, but they did end up winning titles and Pat Riley let it be known. I'm calling the shots here, not you. No, I, I respect it. But was it a victory that really was a defeat is the question, right? Because if Le LeBron could have reloaded in Miami just as easy as anywhere else, right? Yeah. So, but uh, speaking of Milwaukee and the job, by the way, in the series, and you can set up the game, series right now, Milwaukee down 0-1 is still a minus 220 favorite to win the series, and we got game two tonight. Yeah, the Atlanta Hawks were a big underdog in game one. They get it done on the road, and now game two with the Hawks up one game to none sees them a big underdog again. It's the Milwaukee Bucks on pregame.com, an eight-and-a-half-point favorite tip-off a little over an hour and a half from now. Okay, so here's the question. Is Milwaukee a flawed team in the playoffs? I see nothing that has proven to me that they're not. I would make the case the way that they just squeaked it out versus a decimated Brooklyn team is not like a selling point to me. If anything, you almost want to downgrade them a half point for that. But they're not getting an upgrade to me. And they still they made it to the conference finals before. There's still the barriers ahead, psychological for them. And then if you look at Trey Young, as we talked about yesterday, who knows how good this guy is? Because in some ways, he's doing things that are exceptionally uh, great, and they're rare. They're just not happening all that much. And McKenzie had a great stat. When you look at crunch time, if you look at the efficiency of Atlanta in the playoffs, it's through the roof, the roof, and I would propose the following for you to consider quickly. If you do like Atlanta, maybe you look at the money line. You can get like plus two eight. So plus two eight. Oh, no, tonight you can get plus 300. 300 wow. tonight. 
that to me is interesting if you like Atlanta. Well, especially, I mean, at some point, you got to acknowledge they're six and two on the road this year. Like they've figured what whatever the road is to to a lot of teams, it's different for Atlanta right now. Bucks could blow them out, but if it's a tight one. I want to have Atlanta, and I'd love it at plus 300 if it's tight. We don't know if it's going to be, but if it is, I think it's a hell of a bet. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com for a best bet and maybe a surprising one to many of you on the Suns and the Clippers. You can go to foxsportsradio.com and search straight out of Vegas for that. We are back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app.